Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Air Quotes, the podcast, Air Quotes. We'll call this uh, Air Quoth the Raven, perhaps? I don't know. We'll figure it out in post. Anyway, we're still looking for episode 24. If you found it, let us know where it is, because we don't know where it is. But today, we're going to be talking about something completely different. We're going to be talking about merges, uh, rebases, that sort of thing. Ryan has some very, very crystallized thoughts. Uh, I'm ready to be influenced. Uh, we'll have uh, have a conversation and see where we end up. We're probably going to go over time, but that's the plan because it's a hackside chat. Ryan, what's what's going on with this rebase and this merge and all this mess over here with this mess right here? Yeah, I like the way you've uh, oversold the the crystalline nature of my thoughts. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, merging and rebasing specifically when you're doing pull requests. Um, uh, because it's a couple of teams that I've been working on, it's ended up coming up where we've we've realized that we've had different ideas about how we want to work. Um, and it's, it's kind of it's the classic like tabs versus spaces argument um, that sits in the background and then percolates up in pull requests. So it's like, oh, I'm looking at your commit history and you've got a load of merges from main. Could you clean that up? Um, or uh, I'm completely stuck and I don't know what to do. Um, and I've completely trashed my branch because someone helped me. Um, so yeah, I guess the goal of today is to chat about what our experiences have been with merging, like specifically, I guess, for, from main into your feature branch, uh, which strategies you've done, and then like what it, it's worked well with for merging that into your main branch uh, at the end so that you've got the kind of Git history that you want. Uh, and I guess the caveat to all of this stuff is there's no right answer because everyone has different preferences. So it's more about figuring out like what it is, what works for your team rather than what works for the world. But oh, today that's no we can fun. set the world to rights and we can decide no, that, what's right for everyone. That's no fun at all. The right answer is rebase always in every case. I'm a convert. Um, I had never actually rebased until I um, started my first kind of serious gig. Um, as a as a React dev, and what happened was I had accidentally pushed something to uh, it was master at the time, and I, I basically had to rebase and force push and bury some bodies. Um, but I had a you know a senior dev kind of next to me holding my hand, walking me through the rebase, and and it wasn't actually that scary. I mean, the whole thing with the rebase is like if if you've never done it, you'll see basically two opinions on the internet. One is, do not ever do this. It's the most dangerous thing, black magic. Nobody understands it. Stay away from it. And the other side is, only do this. It's the best correct thing to do. It's super easy. So like, just do it. Um, and I used to be kind of in the first camp, but now I am solidly in the second camp. My default pull strategy is rebase automatically. Um, I, I prefer just aesthetically the cleaner Git log, but I will admit that like, I mean, when you're when you're grepping through the Git log, like you're not usually scrolling down through the whole thing, right? You have something that you're looking for, um, so so that I like the merge commits. I don't think is that big of an issue. I don't like them, but like whatever if you want to do them. But but Ryan, can you? Because I know we we had kind of talked about this on Twitter a little bit. Can you talk to me about why the the merge from from main into feature might be preferable rather than say a rebase? Or, or a Git fast forward only merge, as we also call it. Yeah, so I guess the, the, the obvious example is once you've pushed a branch and it's public, 
um, then if you rebase it, you're effectively rewriting history because you're replaying your changes on top of the old yeah. changes. So you get new commits. Um, so that means that if you're collaborating with someone else that, and they've got commits on the branch or they've done something where they've cared about your history, it can end up kind of messing, messing them up a little bit. Uh, I realize that maybe is a bit of an edge case, uh, certainly on teams that I've worked on, you, it's not that often that we've ended up with multiple contributors on the same branch. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so it feels like you're kind of making that that kind of argument. Mm. But I guess, like I said on Twitter, it's like I almost flip it around the other way. It's like the the merge commit feels like the the easy. I'm doing air quotes on the air quotes podcast. That's a triple air um, quotes right there. <laughs> it's a, the easy, safe, predictable way of doing things because you're not you're not rewriting history. Mm. I, I say it like it's a bad thing, but um, so the merge is predictable. If you if it goes wrong, you can easily roll back. Yeah, uh, it's fair. quite it's understandable for someone who's maybe less experienced with Git. Mm. Um, and I guess where I've seen pain before is where you've got an experienced team that's comfortable doing rebasing. Um, and when I say rebasing, I'm not really just talking about fast forwards, which generally work. I mean, when you get into the kind of nitty gritty and things aren't working well and you get a new member of the team, it's maybe a less experienced member. And it just, it kind of contributes to maybe to imposter syndrome or to that feeling of like mm. not being good enough when you join a team. Um, but I, I think it's maybe maybe a bit more nuanced because, in fact, I was having this discussion with my team today about how we wanted to merge our pull requests into main um, alongside, you know, should we be doing um, rebasing or merging? And we settled on doing uh, squash and merge. So everything in the PR goes down into a single commit. Um, at which point it kind of doesn't really matter what you've done in your branch because the actual, the kind of persistent history is now just a, a merged commit. Doesn't mean I win, but <laughs> it's a, a single squashed merged commit. So it means it gives you maybe a bit more flexibility. Um, but we'd had a bit of pain where we'd, uh, we were always rebasing. Um, and so if you like, we'd use fix up commits and then squash them in, rebase it, push the branch again. Uh, and that sometimes messes up your GitHub um, pull request state because you're kind of pushing that fix in somewhere else. It's not clear to the reviewer that you have actually fixed it. It's just oh, yeah. been, um, made out of date. Um, and yeah, I'm running out of steam, but I'm sure I had a point uh, somewhere in there. Well, yeah, I mean, you, so you did bring up the um, the squash and merge, which I do quite like. I actually, I was, I was thinking, and I don't actually know the answer, because usually what I like to do during a rebase is just fix up everything and then write a very long git commit message, yada, yada, whatever. Um, and I was thinking, when you're squashing, is it possible to, because when you're squashing, you're taking all those separate commit messages and those all sort of get like, an ordered list into the commit history, right? Can you, if you've accidentally or, or maybe intentionally, you know, written something like, uh, mess around, have no idea if this works, maybe it'll work, or, you know, something. Mm. Can you then change those later so that those don't get, because like, I mean, it's, it's kind of noisy. It's not necessarily a helpful uh, piece of information in a commit. Wh whereas when you're, when you're interactively rebasing, you could mm. just change that message, right? And then maybe you still want to squash it. Um, but the message is different. So I, I don't know. Can you do that with a with a squash and merge without a rebase? Um, so I've not seen it on GitHub, but it feels like I'd, I'd love that squash to do to apply the equivalent of auto squash 
and do all the fix-ups, but mm. to the comment that gets put into that commit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I think the it's really nice to get rid of those, especially when you've done something and like backed it out, or you've you've done fix-ups and you kind of want it all to go into the same commit message. Um, and it feels sensible to rebase it. Like if you've never pushed, if I've got local branches, I will be rebasing it. Sure. I'll clean it up. I'll normally get it to a point where I think, oh, okay, it's done. Um, and then I guess my question is, once you've pushed it once, it's then a public thing. And I remember there were a few years ago when we started talking more about trunk-based development and there was like the golden rule that you don't force push regularly. It's not baked into your workflow. And I, I wonder whether that is still a golden rule. Like there's certainly a bunch of teams I've worked with where we've actively force pushed, like force push was just the way we did things because we were only rebasing. Um, and I, I wonder, because I'm obviously I've got my uh, my big sword of merging that I'm supposed to be fighting with this one. Um, if you rebase when it's a local branch, but merge once it's a public branch, how do you cope with that kind of cognitive load of remembering whether you've pushed it and thinking about which command you should use? Mm. Um, and I'm saying I'm interested in experience because I've because of that, I've fallen back to merging. Like my default strategy is to merge. Yeah, sure. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's a better way. So I, I'm keen to be enlightened. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking I haven't worked on a lot of teams where work on a branch, kind of like we were saying earlier, would be sort of used as a base for further work by a different team member or something. I mean, I've done it myself just because I think we had to we had to split one ticket into three tickets or something. And I was like, well, I've got a branch here and that's done, but that's not merged in yet because of whatever QA is not ready. We're not ready to, you know, whatever. So I know what I'm going to do. Let me base my second branch on that first branch. And then when that first one gets merged in, obviously rebase and then it, you know, looks nice and clean again. Uh, with my, I'll I'll say air quotes when I'm air quoting because I know this is audio. Um, <laughs> they are air quotes. I've now air quotes around my air quotes, making a quadruple air quotes, <laughs> which might be a record for the podcast. I don't know, but anyway. So yeah, I mean, because I for me, I don't really see any problem with force pushing on a feature branch. I, I mean, I guess as long as, and maybe this does need to be made explicit that nobody's expecting any work to be done on top of a feature branch by a, a different team member. I don't know. Um, I mean, cause yeah, that's, that's where it gets kind of perilous, right? Is if you're, you're rebasing stuff that somebody else has used as a base for their branch, but if it's, if it's all trunk based development, I mean, that shouldn't really happen anyway. Right. Maybe. Um, yesterday or the day before I did exactly that. Um, ah, fantastic. but maybe just cause I like causing problems with people. <laughs> you um, do. That's true. So we had um, we had a, a PR. It was for a it was for a small thing. It was a single commit PR, um, but CodeQL, so GitHub's vulnerability scanning code analysis tool, had flagged up uh, a warning that the developer I was chatting to hadn't like, didn't know how to or didn't I was going to say didn't know how to fix. We weren't sure whether it was something that we could ignore because mm. we were already doing some validation of that thing, and um, I didn't want to contribute to that branch because they, they owned it and they were doing something but i just threw up another branch um which uh tried something that happened to get rid of that uh that warning and so i was like oh well, cool you can just take that and cherry pick it and I, I do that quite a lot where i'll take a branch and i'll just play with it when i'm testing it and mm. when, when i'm yeah. reviewing it and i'm not necessarily aiming to make those changes now 
it's really handy I've got that example, but that's probably the first time I've pushed a change when no one was expecting me to in like, I don't know, a year or two. Uh, so no. it's not a great example. My sample size <laughs> is too small. Yeah, I I like the cherry pick. I haven't used it that much. Um, I actually much prefer the that weird kind of secondary um, uh, feature of Git checkout where you can Git checkout from branch specific file. Um, so I'll even, and maybe maybe cherry pick is a, is a faster way to do this. But like when I know that, like I've gotten myself into some trouble in, in Git, which happens fairly frequently. And I was like, okay, okay, well, I know I know this was a good state. So let me get ref log, check out to head here, push that to a new branch, go back to master, and then just check out the exact files from that branch that I know I want, um, which is, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a blunt tool approach. But like when I've got myself into quite a bit of trouble, like it's just faster to do that than to try to like do the complicated algebraic equations of what the, you know, so, so yeah, I, um, is, is, am I understanding it correctly that cherry pick is kind of like check out a, com a one particular commit rather than check out the files from that commit or is it the files from that commit? So like it, in it, it applies the change from that commit onto your current head. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so essentially, the diff from that commit. Yeah. But the diff, but it's the diff from that branch head minus one rather than the diff from that to your current working branch. Yeah. So your your approach of um, checking out a file from another branch is actually much more effective if you knew that the state of that file in that branch is what you wanted. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Otherwise, you're yeah. If you're cherry picking commits, you need those little the atomic commits that mm. do a particular thing. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, Ben. Uh, what about you? Do you, now you can when you answer, feel free to either do an impression of me or Ryan, <laughs> but don't don't tell us who you're doing an impression of, and we'll see if I we can figure it out. I'm not going to do that. I can't take that pressure. Wait, are you already doing like, it? You're that's Ryan. That's Ryan. You that's Ryan. Oh, no. You're already doing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, this is me as uh, Ryan, and uh, no, it's, that's it's pretty not. good. That's um, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So I've been using uh, cherry picking quite a lot in my flow recently, um, and because what I and a combination of cherry picking and re interactive rebasing. Mm. So because what I'll find is I'm off on some feature branch quite deep, and then I'll have something that, and it won't actually be part of what I want as that PR. So I'll kind of be like. Ah, I could really do with like refactoring this thing, but it could do with a different PR. So I'll I will actually kind of like mark that commit to when I commit it with a cherry I cherry emoji. Oh, um, okay. So fun. And then I will then <clears throat> exit that branch and cherry pick it out into a fresh uh, branch and then raise that as a separate PR. But then where rebasing is really useful for that is like once that's merged into master, I rebase my rebase my feature branch um, interactively. Yeah. Taking out those uh, yeah, yeah. those cherry icons. Nice. Um, just sorry, I I, um, I was speaking a lot with my hands there, <laughs> which is like terrible for a podcast, and I'm sorry about that. But, um... I, I was doing lots of podcast nodding, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, um, Ben, what's your experience just in terms of like PR velocity? Like, if you because it sounds like with that kind of approach, you could end up. I mean, if you're in, in a particularly like interesting, fruitful area of the code base, you could end up with like three or four little tiny PRs like, oh, this would be cool. Let's set this aside PR. This is cool. Set it aside PR. Um, is, is it your experience that like, 
I mean, if you don't necessarily have tickets for that in the sprint, you need to wait and kind of get it in later. Or is your team cool with like, oh, hey, here's five things. Like, just check these out. It'll take five minutes, you know, mer- you know, approve, whatever. Yeah, so I've been on a on a range of those, right? Like, so on a project I'm on just now, um, so take, uh, PRs aren't assigned to particular tickets. So it's not uh, okay. as that. So, so basically, um, like, I might have a, a quiet period for a while, then shove in, like, five or six smaller PRs, uh, or it might be like, I might be down a rabbit hole for a few weeks <laughs> and then have like one giant one. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but I've, I've certainly been on that thing where, um, yeah, where you've kind of having to roll in different changes into a feature just to make it kind of fit into yeah. a ticket, which I feel like is, is quite constraining in, in, in the wrong way. So, um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. I think, like, because we're discussing this um, where I work as well um, about our PR guidelines. And, like, one of the kind of core things was, like, how, like, a PR should have one thing in it. Yeah. Air quotes. Like, yeah, one, right. Totally. One air quotes thing on the air quotes podcast. Um, and, but then defining what that is yeah. is kind of ch- challenging because mm-hmm. maybe, uh, yeah, like, the examples we talked about is, like, refactoring versus, like, implementing a new feature. Yeah. Like, should is it when's it worth rolling those in and the ideal answer is never but it's not always ideal you know like, so. yeah because i mean i've i've had a couple of situations where it's like something as small as oh you know what we've been um explicitly setting the distribution on our travis yaml config um you know to focal so like oh i'm i'm doing this pr and while i'm doing that maybe just add that one line to the travis.yaml mm-hmm. right and it's like that seems like okay it's not that really has nothing to do with the feature or nothing to do with the bug fix, but like, ah, it's kind of cleaning it up a little bit. Let's just, let's just get it in there. And then I'm like, oh, but there's this one other thing too. Oh, maybe I'll just do that. Oh, and then there's this one other thing. And then I've got like 17 different things and I'm like, ah, but they're all so tiny that like none, none of them could be combined into a smaller thing, but we also need all of them, but they're also very tiny individual things. So like, should I put them all on one PR and just maybe get that through? It's like, yeah, I don't That's, know. Oh, something they clarified it for me the other day when we were writing up these guidelines. Uh, and Ryan, I was chatting to you about this. Is like thinking about the actors involved in the process. You know, like so when like when you're raising a PR, your kind of job in that is to make it easy for someone else to to kind of yeah. accept. You yeah, know, yeah, like, totally. Um, which like, and it's not just about the change that you're 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 applying. Um, and likewise, so the actors we thought was like the person raising it and also the person reviewing it, reviewing it and discussing it. Yeah. And then the third one, which is like your actions as a a person responding to those discussions, you know, like, so Mm. it's just like, and what is your kind of like, what are you trying to achieve in each of those things? Mm. Um, Because you kind of like forget that the purpose of a PR is to apply a change to a project, right? Like quite so often it kind of slips into like the purpose of this is to to sh- the purpose of me adding comments is to show that I know more, you know, like, and it's like, you're, you're not, you're, you're part of the same team trying to, trying to build something. But, um, 
possibly a bit higher level than like merge commits. And all yeah, that no, no, it's that's definitely like, another podcast. Right that's now. what no, are we that's, doing here? No, I'm gonna. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even gonna rebase off your comment, Ben. I'm just gonna base my branch comment off that branch comment and just keep going because that's that's something that I realized. It was probably I don't know, maybe two or three weeks, weeks ago, and now I'm like feeling foolish that I'd never thought about this. But yeah, exactly. Like every time I like do some work, quote do some work, um, air quotes podcast. Um, it's <laughs> it's not just like my work for the PR, it's kind of like that work times two because I do it, but somebody else needs to take the time to review it. So it's even though like I would love to go like super fast on like, boom, fix this bug and clean this up and whatever, like what I hadn't realized, and I'm a little more cognizant of now is like, well, actually when I'm conceptualizing whether I should do that and how much like space and time and stuff that's going to take, it's actually this much bigger calculation. Just just how like a lot of people don't realize that like your salary at a at a business is like not the entire sum of what the business spends on you. It actually probably costs them maybe two or even three times to have you as an employee as like what you're actually which is like I mean I had never thought about, but once somebody, you know, mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, that's no, oh, that makes perfect sense. So yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with I'm with that comment hundred percent of like, yeah, the actors and the PR and like what's going on and yeah, very like human holistic kind of way to view it cool all right ryan check us out back to maine to comment maine <laughs> and uh no i, I want to build on that because oh uh, my goodness do it do it <laughs> i think the, the problem with or the challenge with all of this is it's all interrelated like if you if you're um rebasing or just applying your changes onto onto maine from your branch you want your your branch to be in a perfect condition when it gets merged so it makes much more sense to rebase it when it goes up there um if you're trying to do small changes and you're really focused on cicd and getting things shipped through very quickly in short cycle time then taking time to clean up your commits after a review has been done means you end up with that kind of mm. um context switching where it's you to the reviewer back to you to clean up then to merge and then you've got to push it through and it's like so it, it depends on how your team's working um but just thinking about um you know should you how many pull requests should you make and is it okay to just fire off pull requests that fix things it's like it's tied to this as well because if your team has a like feels the expectation to return around pull requests very quickly then the more small the ones you create actually the more context switching and yeah. kind of the more friction you create for everyone yeah, yeah. and but if you've got a team where you've got bigger lags like if it's one day that it might take for someone to look at it and there's no rush then coming in at nine in the morning and going, right, there's 10 tiny PRs, I'll just da 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 da. It doesn't really matter to me if there's a load. So it's like all of this feels like it's tied together. Mm. Um, and it's all about, again, like Ben said, it's about the people. It's how much friction do you create for someone to do their job? Yeah. All right. Um, good. Is that, I think, do we, is that it? Did we wrap Hang it on. up? Who, who won? Who won? What, what's, what does the internet have to do? <laughs> well, I think, I think Ben won by doing probably the best Ryan impression. That I've heard him him do <laughs> ever. Yeah, I've been working on it. Been, it. It was also the like first Ryan impression I've heard him do. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, so I guess I mean I'm I'm gonna keep rebasing my stuff personally. Uh but uh yeah, I know we do we do because oh yeah, the other thing, I guess this is yeah, related, is we have sort of an automated system that is is kind of good, kind of not good at my at my work, where every new branch becomes a PR. 
And it's like, uh, well, okay. I mean, it's like, so it's there. And I actually, if I had something merged today that I, I didn't actually intend to get merged. I was, it was like you were saying, Ryan, like, oh yeah, let me take this branch and oh, let me play around with it and thing. And let's see this and I'll, you know, chuck it over to Travis and, oh, it built and, oh, wait, it just got merged. Oh, well, I mean, okay. I guess that's, I guess that's fine. I don't know. I mean, it didn't, it didn't hurt anything. It just, it changed a thing that superficially looked like it fixed the build but didn't actually fix the build but like just brought it into being more standardized anyway so yeah i, I guess it was fine um so but yeah so say, yeah sorry i was gonna say uh, when you say that it creates pr presumably it's not a draft pr and um when you're so it's not you that merges the pr so it's the reviewer would merge it when they accept it is that right actually or well i guess we're not in the habit of reviewers merging prs so the the author who tech so it's technically TP Robot um, who checks for new branches and then just opens pull requests that I don't think are marked as drafts. I'm not actually sure how you would mark a PR as a draft. Uh, I don't know. One thing we've know. seen, like obviously drafts are a fairly new feature on GitHub, um, but we've seen it's actually pulled us towards a, a bad habit of creating draft PRs earlier, but they stay draft for longer. Mm. So it's kind of sucks us to having longer lived branches. Um, so I, I started off loving them and I'm now <laughs> starting to wonder whether that we, we just like, we haven't figured out exactly what our, our use case for them is yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting combining it with that, that new feature on GitHub, which is auto merge mm. branches that pass all the tests. Oh yeah. Which is like, and those tests could include review from someone else. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, as soon as you get a green tick, it merges. And it's like, and I think that's, there's something quite interesting about that. Like, because um, the whole kind of who merges, who, and it, or it, it places more emphasis on reviewing, right? Like, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of, I, well, no, actually, I think I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like, got to test I it. think it's the same thing as like continuous deployment. Um, is so healthy in in the mm. it makes you write better tests, right? Because it's like you're you're not like you don't have the safety net of like thinking. Ah, even though it's going to master, it might not be pushed up to production for another week or something like that. You know, like so. And I think that does kind of same thing for a PR as well. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not totally. Yeah, um, and, and this is this is probably a topic for another hack site. <laughs> but like, but like in terms of as long as you've got the confidence that anything that goes red or bad or whatever in production can automatically be rolled back, merge mm -hmm. every like on green merge push on mm -hmm. on green all that stuff. Get it up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to start implementing some of that stuff um, mm -hmm. in my team and with what we do. We're not there yet, but yeah, the oh auto merge on green totally love mm -hmm. it. Pass the test, get it in there. I mean, I guess, granted that people aren't, like, you know me, I'm just going to push up a crazy readme with a bunch of, like, <laughs> instructions on how to do stuff. It'll be like, merge. It'll be like, oh, no, why'd you add a readme? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, okay, cool. Well, should we should we end with um, somebody doing an impression of somebody? What do you think? I think Ben owes it to, to, to the world. <laughs> Um, like I, I, I literally can't change my voice at all. Like I, I don't know. I and and when I do, that is just... such a good impression of Adam. How did you pull that out? Of <laughs> that was oh Ben. It was oh, it's, it's, really, it's fantastic. Just oh brilliant, brilliant, absolutely. Oh. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. This was episode 27, a rambling but very entertaining and uh, informational episode. Uh, Air quotes, podcast, air quotes. We will see you next time. Welcome to 2021, by the way. It's already a crazy year. It's going to get crazier. Stay tuned.